0: I'm Ruby. And I'm Rachel. And this is our podcast called A Life Crisis. This week we'll be talking about how to get over failures.
1: Your 20s is a time when you're going to fail again and again, but that doesn't mean it doesn't suck.
0: We're going to talk about the mistakes we've made in our 20s and how we overcame them. Let's get into it. So as always, we're going to kick off with our crisis and wins of the past couple weeks. Ruby, take me through yours. So
1: my crisis is a week. This is so pathetic, but I literally cried the other day about turning 26. <laughs> Nelson was like, came home and he was like, oh my God. Like we were chatting and then he was like, oh my God, I can't believe like we're in June already. We're already halfway through the year. And then I was like, oh my God, that means I like... Well, it's obviously, it's like seven months until I, eight months or something until I turn 26. I can't do maths. But I was like, oh my god, I'm literally turning 26. And I don't know why. 26 just feels like proper, like you're deep in your 20s. <laughs> and I just literally started crying, which uh... is so pathetic. I obviously, like, I must have just already been tired or something, but I literally started crying about turning 26. So, like, the very pertinent call life crisis, aging, is scaring me which is really bad. But the other thing that made me think about this recently was I feel like because I'm doing this radio program thing at the moment and it's open for like 17 to 25 year olds. And I feel like there's all these programs out there for young people, quote unquote, but it's always like cuts off at 25. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to call up, like classified as a young person, like even like in these program thingies. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to do all these program thingies, but I'm have 6 months left. Oh my god. It's like I'm just going to die when I turn 26. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, so that's like such a weird crisis, but that's my quarter life crisis. Lol. Uh, um <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my win of the week is that also to this radio program thing I'm doing. I got um accepted into a ment- mentorship program for it where like they just pay you up with like I guess someone in like the industry um and I don't know I'm keen for that because like I want to like pivot my career into like hopefully like the podcasting media space so I don't know I've been like wanting to have a mentor for a while so presented with the opportunity I was like oh my god this is great because I was looking for a mentor anyway and then there was this thing so I applied for it and I got in so I don't know it's my win I'm excited about that like it's a like, career based so yeah
0: yeah, nice. I think there's something in yeah, the sort of over twenty five mark being closer to thirty than twenty. Yeah. And not being able to fall back on, oh I'm young, I can make mistakes. I like know. I don't have responsibility. That's pretty scary. I know. Literally
1: don't even talk to me when I turn thirty. Oh my god. No, I'm not I'm gonna be in hiding.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I freak out of like, oh I'm never gonna be eighteen again. But then I think I never have to go through high school again. Yeah. And that there is nothing on this earth that would make me go through high school yeah. again. Fair. So, but yeah, definitely being over closer to 30 than 20 is a bit like. Holy shit.
1: Oh my God, I didn't even think of it in that way. Oh my God.
0: Oh no. Okay, I don't I'm want to say that. Okay, Rachel, distract me with your crisis. Fuck. Okay, please don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, my crisis is kind of grim, but I don't know, in the spirit of honesty and quarter life, I guess, um, I've been pretty like pretty bad in mental health recently. Um, nothing really externally caused it, which is, I feel like normally something external happens when you feel a bit down. Um, but everything's going great, I guess. I've just been feeling really, I'm feeling okay now, but for the past, like, it's been like three weeks since we've recorded, possibly four, Mm. we were thinking. Um, and yeah, I've just been feeling really shitty and not great, which is fun. I kind of know how to handle it now. Um, which is good. Like, it's just something I have to like learn to handle. Um, I mean, if people are interested, I can like talk more about that stuff, but Mm. I don't know, maybe some people don't care. That's shit shit,
1: though, I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) No, 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 it's fun. Like, like, nothing happened. I've just been, like, depresso. I just have to do things to kind of get out of it. Mm. Like, you know, focusing on eating and exercising and sleeping Mm. and all that shit. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Anyway, fine now, but I'm sure it'll happen again. It's just something that comes in cycles in my life.
1: No, I think it's really good that, like, you're open about this because I'm sure, like, literally this happens to so many people
0: yeah yeah i'm fine to talk about it because i think like for me not having because i've kind of probably dealt with i don't know what it is depression or whatever for like a very long time but it wasn't spoken about when i was Mm. younger particularly like at home yeah okay so i always try to be really open about it just to make it less stigmatized no Um, i think that's good yeah but my win is that it's my birthday party tomorrow. I hope everyone listening was invited because <laughs> that's really awkward otherwise. Oh, my God, Rachel, how old are you, turning? <laughs> I'm 25. It's also your birthday tomorrow. Oh, As well birthday. as your birthday party. Well, yeah, that's why I booked it because how often do you get your birthday on a Saturday? So convenient. Once I think- every seven years. Yeah, I I'm so either. excited for your 25th. Be anyway, exciting. yeah, it's so my party tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm just really proud that I've, like, paid for it myself and organized it myself. And, like, because, like, with parties, it's kind of, like... You know, you can't just, like, well, someone throw me a your party. Like, You're to know, throw your own party. Mm. So I threw my own party just to celebrate, you know, everyone getting together. So, yeah, I'm, like, really looking forward to that. It'll be nice. And, I'm like, we really proud of it. No,
1: I, mean, I yeah. think everyone's really excited because it's, like, a 21st-style party where it's, mm. like, it's a venue, mm-hmm. like, there's going to be nibbles, like, a little bit of a bar tab. Like, I think, like, we haven't had a party like that in a while. So, yeah. I think everyone's, like, really keen for it. So, I feel like everyone's going to come with the good vibes. It's a great night. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to do a house party because I don't want to clean up. No. Yeah. Sorry for her. I did a house party for my 21st and... Like other parties and just cleaning up the next day is just horrible. Yeah. So. I was considering that by
1: 25th as well. I was like, oh, should I do a house party? And then I was like, no, nope, you know what? I don't want to clean up the next day. I just want to like stumble home from somewhere and then just be able to veg out the couch the next day. And that's what I did. And it's bloody great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'll be doing. Yeah. Um, and my family's coming from Sydney, which is nice. Oh, yeah. Not that they listen. <laughs> if Jazz ever listens, she's not coming to the party. But that's fine.
1: Mingus is babysitter for that. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah. But that's my little update. Oh, nice.
1: Very nice. Well, excited to partay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll jump into our topic for the week. Um, it kind of it. I think it's like a little bit of a two-parter with um, our last episode, which is about comparison culture. So this week we're talking about failure. So um, you know, I feel like when you compare yourself to other people about things it can make you feel like a failure. So yeah, I guess we're just expanding more on that kind of conversation. Yeah, I feel like failure is something that everyone faces in their life, but I feel like it's, it's felt quite acutely in your 20s because there's so much societal pressure to like live up to certain expectations. So yeah, relating back to our last episode, um, people in their 20s are achieving different things. So if the people around you are achieving things that you're not, it can definitely make you feel like a failure. I feel like once again... Same, similar to comparison culture, there's like different types of failures. So career failure, relationship failure, like education failure. Like if you like drop out or you change courses, um, like failure in friendships, um, failure to be like money things, life achievement failures, goal failures, fitness failures. God, I could go on, but that's really grim. Um, but you know, there's so many different ty- like types of things you can fail at or just even feel like you failed at. Like, I don't think. Like, I think failing at something is – it's, like, a, something, like, that comes from yourself where you decide if you failed at something or not. Like, obviously, in school and stuff, if you fail at a test, it's, like, a number thing, sure. But also I just think tests are, like, stupid anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, yeah, it's, like, that idea of it comes from, like, yourself and your expectations of yourself and, like – and it comes from comparing yourself to other people that deems whether you think something you've done is a failure or not. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Rach, um, do you want to discuss like maybe some things that, that you feel like you've failed at, um, so far in like your life slash probably like your
0: twenties. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, thinking about this, I feel like I've failed at every possible thing you can sort of, those like categories. Um, I was very famously dumped at a party. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so famously yeah uh, being for me being broken up with felt like a huge failure like being the one who the other person deemed as so like horrible to be around mm. like it wasn't I mean I wasn't in a great headspace, so it wasn't mute I don't know if anyone that's off topic, but it wasn't like a mutual adult conversation mm. like obviously relationships fail doesn't mean that you're a failure but for anyone who's been broken up with like that feels like a huge failure like you failed at a relationship you failed to be liked enough mm. like that's shit um another thing I felt like wait sorry can
1: I go asked the relationship one really quick I have a question mm-hmm. obviously at, at the time you felt like that was a failure but now in hindsight you're like years and years on from that now how do you feel about it
0: I was going to get into that. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I can – yeah, will, we'll get into that. Okay. So the then. how, the conclusion of all this. So was like, a few things I've sort of failed out on paper. Um, where was I at? Oh, yeah, like, I had, like, two instances at school where I had, like, a best friend who sort of, like, friends dumped me. hmm And that was, like, so shit and felt like, oh, I've failed at having a best friend. In high school? Yeah. It happened to me twice. Um, They were, like, crazy psycho bitches. (laughs) Shout out. Yeah, I was not very good at picking friends. Um, But, yeah, they just, like, ghosted me having twice, which is kind of funny. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, I got sacked not long ago. Kind of slash made redundant slash didn't pass probation. But that was literally, like, okay, we've had you in this job for six months. We no longer want you. And that was really tough because I'd felt like I'd sort of moved careers in from, like, project managing to, like, being doing the creative department. And that was, like, I've failed at this. Like, I failed at being creative. I have to go back to the boring admin job. Like, that felt really personal. What else have I got? Um, oh, I've applied for, like, a gazillion jobs and failed at them. Any sort of, like, grad application I didn't get through. Anything where there was any sort of psychometric testing, I just did not pass. Uh Um, I've talked a bit about doing like a ward school and that was sort of like a course I got into. But I think they let everyone in. (laughs) So that was like not really that much of an achievement. And there were sort of things where they would pick like the best pieces of work every week and none of my work got picked. So that felt a bit like, oh, okay, I wasn't Mm. good enough. Um, and something like most personal goals I've had haven't really achieved, like I don't know, things I might set for myself, I just kinda give up on. So yeah, those are like the things I thought about. But then, yeah, going back to what you said before, all of those things sort of led to better stuff. Mm. Like I got sacked, I got a way better job afterwards. Like I had like a breakup, I have a way better relationship afterwards. Mm like losing bad friends I have good friends now and I'm sort of aware of like how friendships probably shouldn't be this like super hyper intense thing and then (laughs) explodes um yeah so but yeah that's kind of the conclusion of it is that you know you do there are these sort of on paper failures but they ultimately stuff like this where it's like you failed at a job, you fail a relationship. I think they do lead to what's right for you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Which is so hard to see at the time, but there's always better things coming. Like that's a bit like spiritual woo-woo, but <laughs> I think that like everything happens for a reason. Definitely. Not that ba- not bad stuff, but stuff like losing your job like that. Yeah, like it can happen for a reason. Change your life, like it can lead to like something so much
1: better and like yeah, mm. completely change the trajectory of your life. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not that
0: you – like, you have agency to kind of learn from these mistakes, but, yeah, ultimately your learnings and the actions that you take from failing do lead you somewhere better mm. unless you don't do anything about it and you just, like, wallow in self-pity, mm.
1: yeah, which definitely. doesn't
0: get you anywhere.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yes, yeah, so that was sort of my conclusion of things I failed at. Yeah. What about you? What do you – what are you um, thinking about?
1: I feel like some similar things, but then some different. Um, I feel like one of the main ones I was thinking about, Um, I feel like I kind of failed to utilize my bachelor degree. Sounds a bit weird, but like so I did three years. Oh no, studying. I felt that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but like you're in like a
0: fairly similar field though. Like not until true. now. True. Okay. Yeah, yeah. True. Like now it makes sense for that. I studied English literature and I'm a copywriter. Yeah. But I wasn't a copywriter for a while, and that felt a bit silly. Yeah, It does feel silly when you have, like, a very specific degree. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so I, like, did a super specific degree, like, environmental social science, because at the time, I felt really passionately about the environment. I wanted to be, like, working in the environment movement. Um, I'd, like, just done heaps of, like, activism and, like, volunteering in the environment movement in my time, but I was like, I would just love to have, like, have a paid job in this, and so I did a three-year degree in it. It was very specific, very niche, Um, and... I don't think I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't ever use it. Like actually, I actually, in terms of like, I never had a job in the environment movement. Um, I had a four month stint at the environment center back in Alice Springs at the end of 2020, but like, I was doing like admin for them. So mm. I wasn't actually utilizing anything like I'd learned from yeah. the degree. So I feel like I'm a bit of a failure in that sense. Cause I feel like I was like known as like the environment girl. Cause I was like doing heaps of environmental volunteering during that time and studying that. And that was like, that was like my personal identity, And I feel like I have really, really changed since then. I I obviously... Another thing was I also graduated at the end of 2019. So I was trying to apply um, for jobs that are already hard to get in the environment sector. Like, there's already, like, limited jobs. And, like, especially for entry role people, like, uh, graduate level people and stuff. Um, And then that, like, process of trying to find a job transitioned into COVID starting, which is, like, a lot of places weren't hiring anymore because of the economic uncertainty. So... Same thing as you, like I applied for like a what felt like a billion jobs and got so many rejections and I felt like such a failure. I was like, oh my god, like I am not qualified for anything, I'm never gonna get a job. Like, yeah, so I just like had no idea what I was doing. Um so yeah, I it was in lockdown in twenty twenty. Like I wasn't studying, I wasn't working, it was it was awful. So I feel like I really like failed in that sense. So yeah, I think it's like my degree And then the fact that I can get a job of that degree, obviously I have to give myself some slack because it was 2020. Like it was so hard for anyone to get a job in 2020, but I still feel like I would have struggled. But in hindsight, like you said, like I'm glad I didn't get a job in that field. Like I feel like my life would be really different now, but I had always wanted to do comms and media in the environment sector. So looking back, I'm like, I should have just done like a comms and media degree from the get-go as my bachelor. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I want to say I regret doing my bachelor because obviously like no matter what you do in life, you learn things from it and it's good. And like, I enjoyed it. I met really great people. I had great, really great experiences. So I don't regret it. But I'm like now in terms of like I'm doing digital marketing, it's so different. Um, and like, I'm like, oh, I just have this huge hex debt now for this bachelor degree that I didn't use. That's kind of like the failure there is like it was a huge cost, a huge amount of time And it never amounted to anything in my mind. But obviously, like, that's not actually, like, like, what it is. It's, like, that degree, like, did help me get the job that I eventually got, I guess, in in the union movement. And, like, you know, I met so many amazing people through it and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, like, not exactly that. I also feel like because that was, like, my personality for so long been, like, the girl who cares about the environment and is when work in the environment movement. There's also, like, these expect- expectations from my family. Especially, I'd say, like, for my dad because he's in that in the movement as well and, like, does heaps of stuff. So I feel like there was a lot of expectations from my family and, like, I don't know. It was just, like, that-, that weird thing. But anyways, I feel like, yeah, I failed at my, my degree and then I failed to get a new job in that degree. But you passed the degree. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, and then also something else I feel like I kind of, like, not particularly failed at, but I felt quite judged over and I felt, like, I should have felt like I failed at it, but I didn't. It was when I was quit my job in the union movement because nobody that I worked with in the union movement understood why I was leaving.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> the answer is that I was having a quarter-life crisis. It's the whole reason this uh. podcast was born. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, having a quarter-life crisis and I just needed to change something big So that was my job. But nobody in that workplace understood why I was leaving. And I had, like, such a multitude of reasons, but I feel like, that's not normally why people leave a job like they leave it for like like there's a certain reason but I just had a whole variety of reasons which somehow ended up with the rumor being circulated around the workplace that I was moving to Darwin I was like where, what <laughs> where did this come from I'm not moving to Darwin what um so I feel like in that sense like I then because I didn't really know what I was going to do like I quit and I was like oh maybe I'll just try working myself a bit like whatever. And obviously, like, a year down the track, I'm still doing that. I'm doing really well with that. I'm really proud of myself. But I did feel, like, in a way that, like, I have to, like, prove myself to those people who were so confused mm. as to why I was quitting. Anyway, but that's, the, yeah, that's kind of the things that I feel like I failed out. But, yeah, like you said, in hindsight, like... It led to something better. It led to something better. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I learned from it. And, like, yeah, my bachelor's degree, it wasn't a waste. I Like, I still learned a lot from it. But, yeah, I just didn't use
0: it. And now I just have this huge fucking kick step from it. But, whatever. Oh. Yeah, the uni one's funny. Because, yeah, the Hexter thing is so, like, why can't we have free uni? Like, when people did a degree of something that they're just interested in, I think that's really cool. Mm. And it's sort of like, because uni kind of teaches you how to think and how to write and how to communicate and how to argue and how to organise, which is kind of like what you need for work Mm. regardless of where you go. But if someone just has, like, a media comms degree, I'm kind of like, well, what did you do? Because you can't really learn that stuff unless you're at work. Yeah. But someone's got a degree in, like, archaeology or – music or chemistry I'm like oh that's like you learned something you're passionate about you do yeah. it for three years oh yeah I'm just trying to rationalize to you yeah, yeah 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 I think like I would not tell someone to not do a degree even if it feels like a waste
1: yeah exactly like I'm like like I probably
0: wouldn't hire someone without a degree unless they had like life experience mm. you know
1: yeah that's the thing it's like you no matter like if you actually end up in that like that career field or not Mm. you still learn stuff like I still learn stuff yeah the act
0: of studying something and committing to it I think shows a lot and having a passion
1: yeah I was so passionate about that at the time and like I was so excited to like get into environmental policy and stuff and now I'm like doing something so different and I'm loving it but at the time I really loved like learning that stuff and I was passionate Mm. about that like
0: people change like who would have (laughs) thought yeah yeah, I mean, the environment one's a whole other thing. Like, maybe it was just there's nothing. felt like there was nothing you could do. But mm. Yeah. Anyway, but whole, I feel like whole, people whole evolve. whole other thing to talk to therapists therapist about. <laughs> I know,
1: honestly. But, yeah, like, people evolve. And, like, as they say, like, people have, like, what, on average, of like, nine different careers in their lifetime. And they reckon mm. that's going to be even more for people of our generation, which I think is true. Like, people are, like, our age and not going into jobs that they see themselves doing for their entire lives. Like, one job for their entire life
0: like maybe no. you've been in the same like
1: field your entire life sure but like people our age are not going into a company being like yeah I'm gonna be here for 20 years like that's not something our people our age know, are doing people
0: at my work have been there 25 years yeah I just
1: couldn't imagine doing that like there's so many awesome places out there my work, work is so
0: boring
1: <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. I'm like, I don't want to judge people. Like, obviously, it's their choice and stuff. But like, I just feel like, there's so much out there to learn. There's so many cool places you can work. Like, mm. you, all, I feel like, just feel like you always should be growing, and that involves like moving workplaces sometimes.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm. definitely. I wouldn't want to do my job for, I don't know, probably any longer than like. I mean, I want to stick it out for like three years. Yeah, that's fair. That's another thing I felt like I found out, is I haven't had a job for like more than two years. Oh, neither. Like, oh, I, unless you count the pub job during uni. Oh yeah, I was at Coles for three years, but as a checkout chick, and I. But like, once I turned twenty-one, they barely put me on shifts because that was too expensive. Yeah, Fuck but you full-time work—you haven't worked for longer than no, yeah. no. I mean, that wasn't my look. Again, hindsight's not my own fault. I think that's normal though for just people a, our age. I was just in shit situations, like I oh, was yeah. put on contracts, yeah, and stuff. But um, I think that's so yeah. normal for people our age. Like, I know you didn't want to leave those like jobs, but like. The second one I definitely did. But the first one I would have stayed. But, yeah, so I wanted to talk as well about feeling like a failure. So some of the things I mentioned before was stuff where it was like I had actually failed. Um, But I think there's things where maybe nothing specific has happened, but you just kind of feel like you're a bit behind or you have fallen behind and it's like this race and you're lagging. Or maybe just things within yourself where you don't feel you meet the standard, whatever that is. So yeah, I thought about some things that I feel like, Um, and maybe this stuff kind of comes out in your 20s a bit. Like I, growing up, had really high expectations on me. Mm. Um, Like I, I can't really comprehend it, but I was sort of expected to get straight A's and Like, I was quite academic at school, but it was sort of – if it wasn't 100%, it was like, why isn't – like, it was 99%, well, what happened to the 1%? Mm. That was kind of what was expected of me. Um, It's kind of weird to come into your 20s and not have someone speak to you like that, but you still – like, you kind of internalise it, I think. Like, yeah, because, you know, in your 20s, no one's telling you what to do. You don't really have to please anyone. Like, you know, please your boss, but, like, Mm. whatever. I don't really – see how people care so much about their bosses <laughs> like I don't know maybe I've just had two weird relationships with my bosses <laughs> um but not having like teachers or parents you're kind of like stuck in this limbo and I think you can like inadvertently kind of like miss that pressure and put low pressure on yourself um like yeah like I've sort of feel that I I've felt like a failure in a lot of things but I think it's something that is internal mm. not external like yeah, like, I felt like I've failed at, I don't know, maybe work for not being, like, a high-flying lawyer or something or a doctor or having some, like, I was going to, I started off uni being, doing a teaching degree. That was my first plan. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I was going to do a Bachelor of Arts and then be a teacher yeah. because that was like, oh, you know, teachers help people and stuff like that. Um I just realized I didn't want to Mm. like I'm not that selfless I guess Mm. I'm quite selfish
1: (laughs) yeah teaching's Um, a hard job too
0: yeah yeah so like not doing something like meaningful I feel a bit like oh I've let my family down or something I don't know I'm sure like anyone of like an Asian background would have much more to say on this than me like that I can't imagine that sort of pressure but yeah, it's kind of a weird thing going in your 20s not having anyone telling you you failed but still feeling like it.
1: Mm. No, I feel like, that. it just reminded me actually um, you were there the other day when this happened but we were in a room full of our friends and I remember someone made a comment being like, oh, this person in this group is the only one with a real job, like a proper job. And then, oh,
0: do you remember this? Yeah, I felt the same. I was a bit... No, but I can't I'm remember called, who said it.
1: Yeah, but I'm calling myself out as well because I I can't believe I did this now. Like, it, like I literally thought this after so I was like, why the fuck did I say that? But basically, someone was like, oh, this person in finance is the only one with a real job. And I was like, hey, Nelson's an engineer. Mm. And, and I think I was like, oh, and our other friend's a nurse or something. But then I was like... What the fuck? I just diminished my own job, your job, <laughs> everyone else in the room's job. I'm like, what makes our jobs less important than a fucking finance and engineer job? It was bullshit and it also was like mostly male dominated industries where we were them as like a proper job. And I was just like so disappointed in myself. I was like, I hate that I think that. And I I diminish myself all the time in my job because yeah, people like and people diminish me as well like to my face like. I've had so many comments. People just think that I literally just make TikToks all day.
0: Um which really fucking hurts my feelings because I'm like, i you yeah, don't fucking say that if you're listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I've had, like, I have had a lot of people say that, but, like, I literally felt, like, I was, like, calling myself out in my head the other day for doing that. I was, like, I can't believe I fucking said that. It was bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, fuck you, Ruby. <laughs> like, I, the fact that I thought that, like, the inherent bias of been, like, oh, only people in finance and engineering have a proper job. And I think, like, our friend who was a nurse was, like, my third thought in my head, but, like, even then, it was like finance and engineering above that. And I'm like, fuck. She's literally fucking saving lives. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I hate that like people like in jobs like us we diminish them. Be like, oh, we just like make TikToks and post social media and make ads. And it's like, why does that? Why is that any less like important than anything else? Like, mm. like if we feel valid in what we're doing and we enjoy it, then like, fuck anyone else who thinks differently. All right, so Rach, do you have any wrecks um, in regards to the topic of failure?
0: Yeah, um, so this is a wreck from the lovely Tom, who whenever I'm complaining to him about sort of something that's gone wrong or something I've made a mistake, he always says, we care about this in five minutes or five months or five years. And sort of if the answer is no, then it doesn't really matter. Like maybe if you've like lost your job now will you care about it in five months or um, like five minutes? You're probably going to care yeah. five months. Hopefully not five years. Definitely not. Yeah. So just like, you are know, giving yourself a perspective.
1: Oh, I love that. That's yeah. It's such a good thing to say to someone who's like upset about something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to have some perspective. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So five minutes, five months, five years. Yeah, I love that. Um, one of my, I I'd recommend a book, which I love. Um, Claire Bowditch, your own kind of girl. So Claire Bowie, she's like the singer. Mm. Um, she wrote a book about sort of, you know, kind of finding herself and kind of going through her t- – it's very much called a Life Crisis, mm. like about her being in her 20s and sort of, yeah, finding herself and dealing with failures and mistakes mm. she'd made. Um, It's really good and, yeah, I just love that book so much. So, yeah, someone who's like, you know – Quite successful, or was I don't know how much she does now, but you know, she was on offspring. <laughs> um Yeah, I really like that book. Sort of cool. a good perspective on, yeah, like you know, you can be at like rock bottom and still kind of like things will be okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Actually, I actually have that book on Audible and I've had it on there for like years. It was like free on there one time and I downloaded oh. it, but I've never listened to it. So now this has motivated me to listen to it.
0: Yeah, I've read it a couple times. I really like it.
1: Nice. No, yeah.
0: About- Um, I guess
1: I just have one recommendation on this topic um, is listen to the podcast, How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. Mm. Very obvious why I'm suggesting that. But basically, she just gets like someone on every week and does an interview with them and asks them like three or three to five things they failed at or something. Um, She just asks them about their failures. They talk about their failures. So if you want to, like, hear other people and their failures, I feel like, you know, it's, like, really validating hearing other people talk about mm. things that you feel insecure about. So um, I haven't listened actually, to actually heaps of episodes, but my favourites are her one with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which I think is like her fir- was, like, her first one ever. Mm. And then the one with Andrew Scott, who plays the hot priest in Fleabag. Yeah. Um, so coincidentally, they just both, like, happen to be actors in the same show, but both really, really good episodes. Um, but there's heaps of other episodes on there with, like, heaps of other, like, well-known people. So, yeah. Um, I'd really recommend that, just to like, if you want to feel,
0: uh, seen. <laughs> so let's finish off with some recommendations to distract you from your quarter-life crisis. Do you want to go first? Sure thing.
1: Um, okay, so TV show recommendation, watch f Island on binge. F-Boy Island Australia, to clarify. Um, so this is, like, uh, a reality show that I think has already been, like, in the US and stuff. I don't know if it's in the UK but it's the first time in Australia. Abby Chatfield is a host. I love Abby Chatfield. Um, Really great premise for a TV show. There's a bunch of dudes on a show. Half of them are self-proclaimed F-boys and half are self-proclaimed nice guys and there's three girls and then they have to like figure out who's the F-boys and who's the nice guys. It's just really good TV. It's hilarious. It's so well written. It's like, and like, all like the production is mostly like mainly like women, like the production team behind it. Because oh, everyone's like, really? oh, they boys, like, it's so like sexist and rah rah rah, like, just a chance for men to like F over women. But, um, no, it's like the writer's a woman, the producer's a woman, the host is a woman. Um, so like, it's, it's really good, it's so funny. Um, I've got. Uh, Nelson and Danya both hooked on it and Nelson uh, no, Danya is oh, Nelson's like he was so angry about like there was a cliffhanger at the end of the last episode and he was like so invested and then Danya watched it last night and she was like screaming and then she came downstairs this morning she's like I can't stop thinking about it ah! so anyway that's like that's I would recommend um, I'd also recommend listening to this podcast episode um, this is specifically for my Swifty fans uh, listening but um, basically it is a episode um, about dissecting how Midnight's Taylor Swift's latest album is actually a breakup album it, oh, it's on the podcast Sentimental Garbage so it's an episode on there they actually did two parts to it so I listened to part two I'd also recommend that so a bit niche but honestly it was just like really good like dissection of her album and how it's actually a breakup album so that's my other, <laughs> one of my other recommendations and then one more I've got a book um, red, white, and royal blue. I have been meaning to read this for ages. It's like a rom com. The first son of the American president falls in love with the prince of England or prince of Wales, um, and like, and it's just. Beautiful love story. a bit of a romp. I've read it too. It is good. And there's a movie of it coming out in August. So I'm excited for that. I just found that out. So I'm yeah. just going reading. read so It's an easy read. It's just like, if you want something easy to read. It's got a lot of smut in it, if that's your kind of vibe. Yeah. So yeah, we'd recommend. Um, what about you, Rach? What do you
0: recommend them? I don't really have a lot. I don't even know what I've been doing in the past few weeks, but not really watching or listening to much. I don't really have any podcasts. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I started, <laughs> I started reading a book. See, I, I, hopefully it finishes good. Awkward if it doesn't, but I've been enjoying it. Um, it's called What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. I've read this and, yeah, I can recommend as well. Oh, well, okay, good.
1: <laughs> it doesn't end up horribly. I don't think so. I can't really remember, but I remember it being good. So
0: Yeah, well, the premise is basically this woman, like, kind of wakes up and she is – she's a 40-year-old woman and she wakes up and she thinks she's 30. She's lost, like, 10 years of her life in terms of memory – um, yeah, so it's kind of like, I know it's well written. It's cool. I like Leah Moriarty, like the Australian. She wrote like big little lines. Yeah, she writes very easy to read books. Yeah, yeah, that's They're what really it is. Good, yeah. Yeah, I've been reading like quite a few like heavy books. So. And they've always got a big twist in them, which I love. I love a book with a big twist. Yeah, that's like, um, what's her name? Sally Hemworth? Sally. Oh, uh, Sally Hep- Hepsworth. Sally Hepsworth. Yes. yes oh, that's my God. It's also similar. Yeah. Those books always have I a really twist. like her books as well. Yeah, Yeah. very
1: similar vibes, hey? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, some good writers coming out of Australia. Um, I have a rogue recommendation, Aww. but so it's on Netflix, something to watch, uh, Sex, Love and Goop. Is it about group? Like, what it, it, it is? Her? It is a group production. they <laughs> have a production company now? Oh my god, group makes so many shows. What? Okay, group is kind of weird, and obviously, their diet advice is like toxic, not yeah. good. Like, it's nutritionally bad. Yeah. But they have this show, and it's like pretty good. So basically, It's kind of – have you seen Marriage Counselor, that show where they, like, film people at marriage counselling? No, but I want to. I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah, so basically they get – I was kind of – yes. Well, I'm losing my train of thought again. They film five or six couples in sex therapy. Mm. So sex therapy is only legal in California. In America because it's sex work. Oh, really? So there's, like – Therapy sessions where some of it is like talking, couples talking about their sex life, which is like I guess would happen in normal couples therapy, but some of it is also like physical. Oh, like a woman in a, like there's a woman who says she's like never really orgasms, and then the therapist kind of you know brings her the orgasm, stuff like that.
1: Whoa, and like
0: the husband is there and sort of showing the husband, like, this is how the clitoris works because. They just didn't know. Like, they were from, like, conservative upbringings. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's, like, another couple who are lesbians and one of them grew up in, like, the Mormon church, so has, like, so much, like, shit from that. And they sort of go through, like, yeah, like, stuff about their relationship. And there's one scene where, like, the two women are, like, fully naked and, like, you see it on camera. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, Wait,
1: so this is sex, love, and goop.
0: Yeah. So, it's basically, like, super, if you like sort of super invasive pervy, yeah. like, people's lives content, and if you're interested in, like, sex therapy and stuff, yeah. it's pretty good. Oh, my God. That sounds good. Gwyneth is there, but I kind of love no. Gwyneth. I don't mind her. I know. She's kind of funny, honestly. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, she's, you know, she's such a big influence, and she's so toxic, but, like, oh, like no one's going to be like, oh, Gwyneth only drinks bro- bone broth, so I only have to drink bone broth. <laughs> Like people might try it for a day and then be hungry and then give up. Yeah, I'd be like, I want cards again. I don't know. I kinda like a group. Like yeah. I feel like I'm sort of in group's target market if I was way richer. Yeah. <laughs> like my ideal self is a group customer, but I'm just too poor at this stage. Um yeah, so I recommend Sex Love Group if you okay, like. That sounds good. I'm actually stuff about that. sex. Um and in terms of distracting from your core life crisis, I've been playing a lot of games to distract myself. Mm-hmm. I've been playing Stardew Valley, which is on the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many people have Nintendo Switches, but it's super relaxing. You basically like are a farmer in this like small town and there's like characters you can like have conversations with and you can like date them and mm. you have a farm. It's very like peaceful, cozy gaming. Um, and another recommendation specific to our listeners is you can get katan on your phone for like five bucks and just like play against AI. And I did that, and it's been quite fun.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I
0: actually read it because I used to play Risk on my phone. That was so fun. Yeah, you can get Catan. Oh, okay. I actually, you might do that. So I think it's, there's like other, you can get the expansions, but I think they cost more money. Yeah. So I did pay $5 for a phone game, but like it's kind of worth it because it's just $10 fun. It's five bucks. Same cost as a coffee. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And endless fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Catan Universe. Ooh, on I like the App it. Store or Google Play. I like it. Yeah.
1: Nice. I think that's it for this week. Yeah. So um, conclusion is don't feel like a
0: failure. Mm. Uh, That's terrible. Yeah, you're you're doing okay. Yeah, you are.
1: Don't worry. Everyone is. You're crushing it. We love you all. All Mingus says bye. Mingus says, oh, my God, Mingus is in the microphone. Oh, my God, Mingus. Mingus. Well, Mingus says bye, everybody. Bye, bye. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of which we have recorded this podcast on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We want to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this always was and it always will be Aboriginal land. Sovereignty was never ceded.